Forgotten Liam versus Evil. So it turns out that the the cock blocked bee that I thought attacked me last week was actually a wasp. It turns out that there's a wasp nest in my roof. Mm. A wasp nest, a hive. It's actually a called a bike. Goose. It's called a what? A bike. A I wasp swear, bike. I swear to God, I'm not making that up. <clears throat> it's called a bike. Why? I've no idea. Hmm. It's not that I don't believe you, but I'm a million percent going to Google that as soon as we <laughs> yeah. get off this. Yeah, no, honestly, yeah. it's true. A wasp but bike. <clears throat> my front door... My front door step, my garden looks like somebody's tried to, I don't know, film some sort of really shit low budget version of Candyman. It's just dead wasps fucking everywhere, man. Did you did you just get like a can of raid and just been spraying it every? No, they just they're they're dying out, so oh. they're just falling out the 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 bike. That's, they're falling that's, off the bike. Would it be off the bike or out the bike? Uh, I, I guess you could see either either or. Because you wouldn't say they fell off the hive, you'd say they fell out the hive. I fell out the bike, huh? You need to get, it's because it's difficult, because you're obviously, your head always is telling you that a bike's um, a, a recreational activity, however, or a, or a loose woman, um, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> and you, like, you can see that because it's a TV show on the telly, um, but the... Uh, but now you've just implied that all the loose women that are on the telly are all bikes. <laughs> I if anything, you just put yourself in. I, I obviously don't believe that. Hole. I obviously don't believe. Obviously believe that. Uh, what uh, see, yeah, it's because you, you've known you've known the word for your whole life has been something else, and then you get told that it's like a, a wasp's tooth, and you're like, that just doesn't make any sense. But yeah, it is. Um, so I guess it could be off or out or from or fl- fl- I don't know. It could be in. We thought we had one in our roof, like in our uh, extractor fans from the bathroom, because uh, there's loads of wasps also flying around. Tried to phone some exterminators, and they're really hard to get hold of. Like every single one of them went to the answer machine or went to a receptionist who said they'd phone me back, and they never did. But we got a can of raid, and Lon just spent a day like hanging out the bathroom window, just spraying up into the, the vent, and there was just like a wasp graveyard on the floor on the ground outside. Did they then go away? I think so. I've not been up the loft, so they might have uh, migrated further into it, and uh, they're up in the loft and like they're ready to kill me, like my girl style, the minute I go up there for something, like the Christmas tree, which will be pretty soon. Hopefully, they'll be definitely dead by then. But, um, I honestly wish I hadn't said the my girl thing because I, this uh, stings actually still quite sore and I've been worried about it all week and now that you've said the my girl thing I'm now thinking it's actually possible to die from a wasp thing this is what's going to happen I'm already not doing too well and now I've got this to worry about like is it is it can you is it red and inflamed and like you can feel no, like pain, just, pain around or is it fully into your system then it's a wee tiny tiny black dot because uh, it's on the tattoo it's a wee tiny black dot but it's still quite numb and sore just underneath it and like you can feel a wee kind of lump yeah I'd probably worry about that if I was you oh I'm definitely fucking worried about it now now that I know that Macaulay Culkin died with wasps yeah. things yeah that's terrifying so the only way to try and get rid of it now is to try and contact someone who knows what to do with wasps which apparently are too hard to get a hold of or phone the council and I don't really trust the council doing it but I'm not going up there I'm fucking sick of getting stung <laughs> maybe you just need to accept that this is your life now just the life of Candyman mm-hmm. just everywhere I go I just I am followed by a flood of wasps yeah except in October where it's just all dead ones yeah 
A few weeks ago, I had a dead bird outside the house because the local cats have decided to start buying my presents for feeding them. Uh, so there was one out the back of my house and then one out the front, and now it's sounded with fucking dead wasps. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the lunatic at the end of the street. His house is just surrounded with dead things. You were you were already you were already there. <laughs> you were already there, man. <laughs> it is a quiet street, I suppose. Uh, so right, so you have no idea how to get rid of them. No. Well, raid, raid. There was a wasp's nest at the other side of the house about three or four years ago, and I didn't really do anything about that because I didn't hang about that side of the house. I'm now worried that this is the back door to the house that they've built <laughs> and I don't think one canny raid's going to do it you get it on special because it's out of season just go in what? all cans blazing Ra- raids out of season yeah no wasps are getting out of season aye but I, I think you still I don't think there's a, <laughs> I don't think raid is seasonal <laughs> uh, anyway welcome to Scott and Liam versus Evil episode 112 I'm Liam and I'm Scott and if any of you know how to deal with wasp nests that don't involve me having to include the council who won't do it properly because they don't they've not emptied my blue bin in fucking like four weeks because they keep saying I've put different stuff in it and I didn't put anything different in it it was all cardboard but somebody has put a KFC like chicken dipper packet in it with an old chicken dipper and they think it's me fuck you council you can tell I've had a, a, a bit of a, a bit of an anti-council mood yeah yeah. And to find out who keeps putting old KFC in my bin. That might be the There's time old I, lunatic. Yeah, maybe the time I came to, uh, to keep me visit. Did you put KFC chicken? In no, my of bin? course not. I don't think I've had KFC in your house before ever. Uh, you must have. You have KFC in every house you ever go to. I did. I had KFC last night. It was brilliant. <laughs> uh, so this week we are talking about a, a film that Scott's picked. Uh, do you want to introduce it, Scott? Yeah, it's fucking orphan. <laughs> from 2009 it's directed by James Colley Sarah can you remember what else he directed no House of Wax the remake right. oh yeah cool the good one with Paris Hilton yeah it's weird saying that cause yeah I was going to say is that, is that the reason it's a good one because you could have said the good one with uh, Alicia Cuthbert but I know but I kind of forgot she was in it I remember it as the Paris Hilton one mm. uh, so he directed that and it stars Vera Farmiga Farmiga yeah that'll do do you know? <laughs> do you know? Um, you know how like T- Tassa Tassia Farmiga is in movies. Like she's in the uh, American Horror Story, and she was in the Nun. Like obviously, yeah. And I've been telling everybody for ages that that's her daughter. You told me that that was the case. Yeah, see, is it that's, not? That's what I do. Yeah, no, it's not. It's her wee sister. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? I wondered that when you told me. I thought she must have had her really, really fucking young. Yeah, so like Vera's like forty five and Tassie is like twenty two, or like she's maybe twenty five. So twenty years of difference. And I thought she was older than that. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, well, you know her from Bates Motel. She's excellent. Uh, Peter Sarsgaard mm-hmm. and Isabel Furman, who plays the little orphan. Mm. Do you want the synopsis or do I do the trailer? I never know which way to do this. Um, mix it up. So, well, I can't remember what we done last week, so this week you're getting the synopsis, which is a husband and wife who recently lost their baby adopt a nine-year-old girl who's not nearly as innocent as she claims to be. And now we'll play... If you've not seen it, go watch it if you want, because we will spoil it. 
Obviously, just to say off the yeah. bat that yeah, major spoilers in this movie. This is a movie. This is a movie to watch certainly without being spoiled. Yeah. yeah. And right now you can catch it over on Netflix. Netflix, yeah? yes. So you can stream it just now, then come back, then listen to spoil it because I probably give Scott six seconds before he spoils it after the trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's the trailer. Well, we're seeing kids for the first time this weekend. I'm ready to adopt. Adopting an older child is not an easy decision. My name is Esther. And why aren't you down at the party? I've never really seen the point of it. I guess I'm different. There's nothing wrong with being different, you know. This is an extraordinary little girl. She's very mature for her age. You seem to have made quite a connection. Is this your house? It's your home, too. You're just as much part of this family as Danny and Max. It's a pleasure to meet you. This is our new student, and I'd like you all to make her feel very welcome today. Oh, look. Little Bo Peep texts me. She wants her outfit back. <laughs> Esther, what are you doing? Something's happening to cause Esther to feel this way. I think there's something wrong with Esther. We need to know what we're dealing with. Trouble does have a way of finding her. What kind of trouble? My name is Dr. Varava. I'm calling from the CERN Institute. I don't understand. How can they have no record of her being there? There has to be some explanation. The orphanage has never heard of her. I don't think mommy likes me very much. It must be hard to love an adopted child as much as your own. Why was she at your hospital? Oh my God. I love you, Daddy. I can't do it anymore. I have a surprise for you, Mommy. To be fair, the trailer probably just went spoiled it. I actually haven't even watched the trailer, exactly. so I don't know this if that's the case. Guys, here's a wee peek behind the curtain. We'd never know what's <laughs> happening in the trailer until the, the episode comes out, so um, yeah, that could have been spoiled. That could have been uh, it could have been a, a cryptic trailer. You never know. Well, but anyway, hopefully you've watched the movie. So we have, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, so first off, why did why did you pick this? Why did I pick this? <laughs> um, I think it was good. I was talking. About I was it. asking myself that as I was watching it the yeah. entire time. Why no, did I, Scott pick this? I think it it's good. Um, I remember it being shocking. It had uh, that story we were talking about a couple episodes ago, the real life story. Um, that we can we can talk about again after we've talked about the movie. But I thought it was seems as if it was kind of almost current, if you will. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's why. So I just I didn't know if you were uh like you've if you'd watched this for the first time or if you were a fan of this or you just thought, do you know what, let's just get Liam to talk about young hot girls again. It's uh 
<laughs> it was a second. <laughs> this is a second watch for me, and it was. Um, Aye, right, so the same watch. That was, that's about it. So let's, let's just go. Let's just go in here. Do, do you know the tagline for this? Uh, when it was first about to come out, was it must be difficult to love an adopted child as much as your own? <laughs> wow. And, <laughs> obviously, uh, adoption groups went fucking mental <laughs> at that and got them to change it to, I don't think mummy likes me very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I read that on Wikipedia and I was like, who? Who thought that first one was a good idea? Who thought calling out all adopted children and going, it actually is hard to love you? <laughs> <laughs> and now it's in a movie where we can make you feel it even more. Wow, man. Jesus Christ, right. <laughs> uh, the opening of this movie, it's pretty traumatic, but it, it was a dream. Uh-huh. Uh, she, so she's having a miscarriage and it's horrible. It's horrifying, but it turns out even it becomes a bit unreal you know like the telling her oh no your baby's dead and she's like what what no i can feel it kicking oh no it's definitely dead here's the dead body look at it and it's like wow that's that's not this can't be real and it's not real it's a dream but it's like a horror way of remembering that having like an actual miscarriage um and it's just it kind of rockets you right into the movie however it, it doesn't other than other than i guess just setting up where the parents are or certainly where the uh-huh. mother is it doesn't really do much it's like a, it's almost like a cheap entrance to make it a horror movie if you will yeah it can maybe be as well just to like if you're not too sure what you're going into if you don't like things with uh, where like kids are put in danger then opening up with a stillbirth is probably the most horrible thing you can do mm-hmm. so at least you're getting rid of the, the sensitive ones that wouldn't like that yeah the away. <laughs> um the, it's the reason she then, she's obviously seen a, uh, a psychiatrist, so the, the next scene you're in, um, and the psychiatrist instantly explains what the dream, why she's having dreams such, that are so vividly horrific that aren't exactly what happened in real life, but why she's remembering that way. And it's like, right, fair enough, that's cool. I'll, I'll accept that. Okay. Um, so then we quickly see that they are trying to adopt. Um, would you adopt? Would I adopt, as in, in real life? Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, I don't. I might not write this. Let me try and explain myself here, because obviously you know that I have to read my notes. I don't know if I could, and this is verbatim notes. This is going to sound terrible, but I don't want to adopt a kid that's whole family was dead. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I wouldn't want junkies or nutters turning up my doorstep at some point. But the, the the that doesn't it doesn't work like that. You don't. You take their kid, and then they know where you live, and they can come and find you. The reason the kid's actually up for adoption is obviously they took them off them and the parents don't want yeah, the responsibility. Then, yeah, but then the kid says, I want to know who it is, and then they go and find them, and then, you know. I've all, yeah, I've, I've always thought that. I've always thought if you have adopted a kid and you get old enough, then just tell them, because if you don't tell them, they'll think these big, like, oh, there could be something magic there, or, or there's obviously something interesting. Just be like, they were junkies, and then you don't want to meet them anyway. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So this is the PG people who want to adopt, which is exactly what the poster did, which was a fucking issue. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I would, I would definitely adopt. I, I know what, I know what flaws I have. And I don't want, I don't want to impart them to children. I'll take somebody else's flaws and try and fix them. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, so we get to see Vera for 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 Mega. I don't know how you pronounce that second name. Farmiger. 
Farmiga. Farmiga. Farmiga sounds like Farmiga. you use it to unblock a drain. But Farmiga sounds. <laughs> Farmiga. Farmiga sounds Farmiga. like cheese. Yeah, you're a Farmiga. Right, I've I've said uh, so you must get to see her like kicking about or doing something or whatever it is she does in the house. Um, I was like, she's a she's a pretty good actor, and her daughter is literally a clone of her. Uh, since obviously I learned that it's her wee sister. Um, we were watching um, the nun in the house. And uh, Lauren said, remarked that um, Tasia, she said, she looks like the, uh, the 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 woman that plays the Warrens in this. And I was like, yeah, it's her daughter. And then I Wikipedia'd it. And she's oh, and she says, oh, that's, that's a shame. The daughter's not as good looking as the mum. And then I Wikipedia'd it. Oh, no, it's her wee sister. Oh, that'll be why she's the ugly one then. <laughs> was, the, <laughs> was the response we got. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she's trying to, she's a, She's a composer or she's a musician or whatever. We find out later on that she's used to be a college music professor and then she was forced to quit because she's also an alcoholic. Potentially could have been an alcoholic because trying to cope with the loss of the baby, the stillbirth. Um, the timing, I'm not entirely sure if they explain exactly what the timing is. Is the, the stillbirth just happened or is with the stillbirth, would that baby have been first, second or third? Like You don't know where that particular traumatic I, event happened. Yeah. I think the stillborn was the, the third child. Would have been so a then third. that's that's obviously what's then kinda of drove her to drove her to alcoholism. How long has she been an alcoholic for? Because she's been off it for a year. Eh uh, maybe she was just bad for a year, two years. Well I suppose it depends how close the third one was to the young the second, but mm-hmm. the second is quite young. Yeah, like five. Yeah. Maybe four or five. They they kinda just try ram this all in at the beginning it actually it gets a bit too much yeah where like right I'm, I'm not really following this let's let's simplify it down if it's going to be a silly kind of slasher scary Wayne movie let's just simplify it rather than try to ram all this thing where now we're working out oh shit right how, how long has she been an alcoholic for rather than just enjoying what we're watching yeah so she's trying to write a, a new music, and then there's banging outside. Her daughter's outside playing basketball and hitting the ball off the uh, off the wall. But we, she comes out to tell her off, and we, we find out that she's deaf. You imagine shouting at your deaf daughter for making noise when she clearly doesn't understand what noise is. <laughs> she doesn't understand the concept of noise. Ah, <laughs> uh, but there, there, the dad and the son comes back, and they just start rattling the ball off the wall and playing about. It says, oh, so it's okay when the boys make noise, right? We got your number, Vera." <laughs> Aye, Vera's fine with it because they can hear the noise they're making. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is where we get introduced to Peter Sarsgaard. Um, he is an actor that has been in loads of things. You recognise his face. Um, he is brother of um, Peter Sarsgaard. No, he is Peter Sarsgaard. Uh, what are their names? Bill Sarsgaard, who's Pennywise. <laughs> Bill Sarsgaard, yep. Um, Sexy Sarsgaard, who was in True Blood. And their dad is um, Old Man Sarsgaard, who was in Nymphomaniac. And Mamma Mia. Uh- Two completely and, different films. So if you're, you, you if, if your mother enjoys Mamma Mia and says, "I wonder if I'll follow the careers of these other actors," don't let her follow the Salzgard's um, career, unless she's kinky and likes watching, you know, she's stuck off guys in trains. I don't think he's related to them. No, no, this is, I'm not making another mistake today. No way about families. Peter Salzgard is one of the Salzgards. No, I don't think he is. It must be. His name's Sarsgaard. Yeah, but the the Skarsgård you're talking about are called Skarsgård. He, he's Sarsgaard and oh. he's from America. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
I like you, I like you go on and on and on for there. To the point that I was like, I'm going to need to actually Wikipedia this. Then yeah, he's, he's nothing to do with him. Oh yeah, what I meant to say was, what I meant to say was, uh, Peter Sarsgaard is uh, obviously married to Maggie Gyllenhaal, who's Jake Gyllenhaal's brother, is what I meant to say, obviously. Uh, yeah, because he was the son of Judy Lee and John Dale Sarsgaard yeah. uh, from St. Clair County. <laughs> Illinois, as opposed to the Scars Guards. <laughs> but anyway, he's an actor that's been in loads of things, and I recognise him, but I haven't seen most of his IMDb credits. So he's one of those kind of faces that you just you, do, you kind of know him from stuff, but you don't know where you know him from. However, I also think that I confuse him with Ethan Embry and Doug Hutchison. Um, Doug Hutchison is not mega famous. He's the guy who played the wee Weasley guy in the Green Mile. Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, so Peter Sarsgaard always seems that he plays creeps. Yeah, he's he's the token creep. Yeah, he moved in. This, There's this, one uh, movie I definitely definitely remember him from, and I'm sure it's like one of the Zach Braff ones, like Garden State or something. City as it's Garden State, and I've always remembered him just being such a kind of down, dowdy character. And every time you see him, he plays the exact same thing, or it seems like he plays the same thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the dad is actually the one pushing the adoption in this. Um, he's the one that's like wanting to kind of move it forward and go go to the uh, child supermarket. Now they already. Have... <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's how. What it would that be called? Fuck knows, man. Um, I don't know. I was trying to make a joke at a supermarket, but I don't. L- little boys for sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little kids for sale. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they already have two kids. That's already a family. That's way more than a lot of people are able to have. So that's just greedy. Still, but not. Uh, it's probably just because that there was the excitement and the hope of a third child, and then to have that kind of snatched away, you've then still got that want for it because you've been wanting it for so long. Yeah, if that makes sense. So I can understand that. Plus, it's probably easier to adopt if you already have kids. Because then you know you're not just going to like take them to a shop and sell them or trade them for stuff. Yeah, well, they've got to hope that that's the case. Yeah. Um, so they go to the orphanage and it is kind of like shopping for kids. They're literally picking their favourite. And you know what? They all cost the same, so you totally could pick your favourite. Which is quite awful. But then that's how things like Annie and that happen, where like, the wee ugly one nobody wants, yeah. and then they, it turns out they're really good singers and you buy them anyway. Uh, we got a daft jump scare with running kids running about the the place, and they come in. They come into the place. So sister, um, I don't know what the woman's. I can't remember what her name is. So let's just call her sister Abigail, right? Uh, and she's she, like, she's she, she is called sister Abigail. Is she? I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Maybe I did pay more attention. I, I thought I did. I actually thought you were just putting a wrestling reference in there. Uh, sister Abigail's a special move by Bray Wyatt. Oh, lost on <laughs> me. Gone. Over my head. Yeah, I don't. I think you fucking secretly watch wrestling, and that's why you name dropped Sister Abigail, pretending you didn't know that was actually what her name was. I thought no, because when I when I thought Sister Abigail, I was thinking of the stand Mother Abigail, so that's why I was getting it confused. So I just went with Sister Abigail, and I was right. So that's that's all that we need to know. Um, so she's doesn't, talking. That, to that, that, that doesn't that doesn't outdo the the Sarsgaard Skarsgård scenario. <laughs> well, at least, least we cleared, at least we cleared that up during the episode at the time. So that's all right. Um, <laughs> So we, uh, so yeah, so the sister takes the, supposed to take the parents to explain the rules of how you're supposed to pick a kid, uh, but um, the the dad can hear singing from upstairs, 
and it's like the weird like that's the glory of that's the blow that's the story of love and you're like who's this and then she's upstairs and then there's just a wee lassie sitting herself painting are all these paintings yours yes do you like them i'm like nah they're, they're actually pretty shit to be fair <laughs> if we're being honest you know trans- full transparency and all that here <laughs> but if you think oh that's a 12 year old girl that's painting these you think that's actually pretty fucking good for a 12 year old girl and then she tells a wee shitty story about the lion and the mother cubs and all that yeah. Her voice, man. Which, at that point, though, you'd be like, right, well, I'm not taking her home because she's a creepy wee bitch. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, 100%. I was like, did she sit upstairs singing every time adults come shopping or did she pick them out specifically? I think she sits upstairs waiting. And she just sings a song and hopes that somebody will come up? Yeah. Singing a song as a creepy wee kid lures a certain type of folk and that's probably the folk that she's, she's aiming for. Yeah. So they say they're talking, and then the sister, the sister comes in and says, "Oh, she looks like she's made an impression on you." Uh, and they seem to get on with her, and then they just they take her to the till and buy her straight away. I think because they leave with her. I think I think there's supposed to be some time, like a couple of weeks of of doing checks and whatever else. But we fast forward that, and uh, and they they take her home, and they say uh, she's a princess. She wears the ribbons on her wrist and her neck all the time. So that's not princessy. Eh? That's weird. <laughs> um. I think the decision that they're making would have a huge impact on the kids they already have. Now, say in real life terms, people foster and people adopt all the time and they've got different family setups. So everybody each to their own and whatever works for you works and all the rest of it. That's, that's absolutely fine. That's not what I'm getting into here for this particular movie, though. This decision they're making is having a huge impact on the kids they already have, especially the oldest kid who now just, boom, has didn't get a wee brother or sister and now has got an older sister. Is that correct? Yeah. Is, is he? They're about, are they about the same age? I think he he's older and right. he's got a younger sister. Right. Um, oh, sorry. No, no, no. The we adopted one will be older. Yeah. Yeah, she's like a year yeah, or two sorry. older than yeah. him, maybe. Um. But anyway, you know they're happy to go with that and bring her home. So they bring her home to their their house, which is actually pretty cool. It's like a grand designs thing, built into the woods. <laughs> um. You could be a cowboy there, couldn't you? Oh, you definitely could be a good boy there. Uh, so they are giving her some gifts because that's her just kind of moved in and they're making her part of the family. And the wee boys are playing Guitar Hero in the background, but they're playing Cheap Trick. Uh, and it's obviously done... That choice of that song is on purpose. There's like some lines on it like, like uh, Mum's all right, Dad's all right, they just seem a little weird. And you're like, that's what the boys clearly thinking. My parents are weird for bringing this, you know foreigner into the house not only foreign because she's foreign in the family she's also foreign from American you know how Americans hate people from outside their own country <laughs> do you think the wee boys have did that though or do you think that's like the directors put that in and the wee boys are just playing a game and it happens to be that song I don't like the wee boys sitting there going oh no, my not, dad, fine. Yeah, no 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 the wee boys not made the decision to play that song <laughs> right. the directors made the decision that that's the song that they're, they're playing guitar here to this wee guy suddenly just became a wee fucking evil genius. <laughs> no, no, it's not the voice. No, not uh, passive aggressive. Um, so she gets the gifts off the dad and then she gives the dad a long hug while making eyes at the son because he's, of course, at the other end of the room. The psychological ramifications of that straight away. The boy's just like, fucking, I'm done playing the computer. Let's go out of here to the uh, treehouse. Um, they'd, honestly, these parents don't. They literally did not think about their kids' feelings at all. They just acted on their own selfishness and their own void to fill. Yeah, but that's the thing. They're trying to fill the void, aren't they? So 
Um, sometimes, sometimes you end up becoming totally fucking tunnelled and selfish. Yeah. Which is which is how it's like. Some people are, are wired to be selfish and not. They don't choose to be selfish. They just that's just how the the thought process goes. I think I'm quite like that. Like it's not not necessarily a bad thing, but my first thought process is always me <laughs> yeah. um, i'm like that but i'm definitely on the autistic spectrum so. <laughs> it, but like it's i believe that that's support it's supposed to change when you have kids you're supposed to put them first and i guess they are putting kids first just not their own but then you can it's a different it's a very very difficult situation there's probably there's a lot of actual deep chats you could actually have just on adopting adult kids like not adult kids but grown kids into a family with already having kids do you know what i mean there's loads to discuss there's loads of different ways it could go i can imagine that the people that are doing it do have these discussions <laughs> yeah they probably do yeah they're, they're, they're under no illusion that this is a this is an easy task an yeah. easy decision to make <laughs> um so we uh, it, it becomes nighttime and there's a thunderstorm when it's snowing i mean is that even possible how can there be high pressure uh to make thunder and lightning while it's also cold enough to snow do you know anything about meteorology to weigh in no. on this subject? No, you've just scienced me right out of well, the park, man. Do you know, I don't even know if I what I said was correct, so I don't even know <laughs> if we're right here or not. Um, but what we do see is that Vera Farmiga climbs underneath the sheets and starts uh, blowing them. My note is, uh, that's a good wife. <laughs> Says the man whose wife does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> 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 Two seconds to get the cat off my shoulder. Boris get fucking down, man. I've uh, yeah, and I also just had to um, hold on a joke just in case she does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, yeah, so then the uh, the the orphan goes and wakes up the deaf daughter to use her so they can both go to mummy and daddy's room and say that they're scared of the storm. And she comes in and she goes, uh, "I want to sleep next to daddy." Like that is just not cool at all, especially when Daddy is clearly in the buff and got a boner. <laughs> How would you handle it? Put yourself in his position, and this wee girl you've just adopted uh, wants to sleep next to you. You're rocking a stoner. You're totally naked. What do you do? I want to sleep next to Daddy. Oh, tough shit, Hen. You'll need to learn how to deal with the storm. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're going. If you say that, you're going to have to get up and take her to her room. So you and you can't get up. So you've just put yourself in an um, even more difficult position. See, this is this is the kind of conversations you need to have before you you adopt or have kids in the first place. What 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 am I going to do if I end up a stoner on the walk in? Yeah, well, because not only that, but the mum's cuddling next to the wee girl, and her mouth is going to smell like. Dick. <laughs> I, I don't think the Wayne obviously won't know what Dick smells like. Aye, they the don't they're going, so that, oh, mum for. It's just a horrible situation that they're all in. Like nobody planned it, nobody asked for it, but they're they're in it, and then they need so, to try and guide their way to it. Social should really be taking all of these kids off them. Yeah. Um, the wee boy instantly learns the consequences of actions and shown that he is uh got feelings and remorse. I don't know what he's done. <laughs> oh, it's when he kills the squirrel. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, he shoots the wee uh, the pigeon, isn't it? Is and, it a pigeon? Uh, yes, yeah, a pigeon eye, and then he realises he's fucked, I shouldn't have done that, and then she comes over and smashes it, shows that she's a fucked up PD psycho. 
What's a PD cycle? Uh, PD stands for personality disorder. All right, okay. Remember, Scott, we don't all work in the mental health industry. Mm-hmm. We don't know your code words. <laughs> yeah, and you shouldn't either. But that's, you know, there's plenty. PDs, PDs exist in the real world. Am I not one of them? Um, I don't think so. Mm, I, I've, I've got a couple of the traits, definitely. You need to have some. There's like each one's categorised into like 10 factors, and you need to have like seven of those 10 factors at least to get diagnosed a PD. But you can have like mm. two or three of the factors, and the factors are all shite. Can you test for it? Like yourself personally? Um, you, well, you just need to talk to people for long enough. <laughs> and they'll work it out. Yeah. Um, so she, they, uh, she goes, they're learning about the house and all the different rules and stuff. So Esther tries to, Esther's the orphan, and she tries to go into the, the bathroom. Um, and the mum's like, we don't lock doors in this house, but what if I'm taking a shite? <laughs> I mean, like, who's, doesn't, who doesn't lock doors in the house? I've always found that weird. Say if I, I speak to anyone, and it's like they shut in the house with the door open. I'm like you were brought up wrong. Like how like, can you they not just always uh, lock the door? How can you not just have locks that open for the outside? Like safety bathroom locks that all houses have got. Then you still lock the door. But if you if you're in a, thinking that somebody's dying, then you can open it. I but imagine you're going into your pal's house, having a few glasses of wine. You go up to go to the toilet, and there's a lock in the outside. Are you going into that toilet? No, not a lock in the outside. You know, like when you lock a bathroom door and the outside's got like a kind of slit, like a big screwdriver yeah, yeah. thing, and you can open you can open them for the outside if you need to. That's what I mean. Yeah, right, okay. I Wait, thought you never... put a locking outside. Like, nobody's oh, no. going in there. <laughs> so, did, you ever, did you ever go to like parties with folks who, who would uh, have hall, student halls or like um, big tenement flats and stuff in Glasgow and you get in and they've never, ever, ever have locks in the bathroom? Did you ever go into have parties like that? People's houses? No, no. Always fucking no locks in the bathroom. And the bathrooms are always like two feet wide but fucking 20 feet long. And you're way up the other end and you're like, how are you even possibly supposed to be at peace in this bathroom? <laughs> Just an observation. Uh, any, any, uh, the room, uh, the, everything else you said makes perfect sense, but there's always been a lock, even if it's like a big old rusty key, there's always been a lock on the door. Because I, I would leave that party. Yeah, no, I'm I, I am, it, I am pissing times. and shitting nowhere yeah. that I can't lock the door. For my, for my safety and for your safety, because I don't want you coming in and seeing me and I don't want... Like maybe something comes out and gets me. I don't want you being in danger. So just put a lock in the door and it's fine. Yeah. We had a hotel room in America that was just the toilet was in the corner, all just surrounded by glass. And I didn't I didn't go to the toilet for three days. <laughs> and that was that's just my life. <laughs> I was that was um we, I've been in hotels like that as well. We had a hotel in uh, Cape Verde that was like that, that was like the it was like a walk in dresser like Cab, uh, sinks and mirrors and whatever it was like a curtain that we pull over in the back it was a cubicle for your toilet that had about fucking a foot and a half at the top a foot and a half at the bottom you're like that's not you, you were just basically in the, in the bedroom in a shite <laughs> just shite in the bin in the corner of the room <laughs> you may as well have been um, yeah so we also find out that that fucking daft glory of love song is the only song she knows <laughs> Then the son knocks her books over in school, and then the bully comes over and gives her a hard time. She touches her Bible, like uh, the one that the mum's already found. It's got a weird picture of like a man in it, maybe her original dad, perhaps. That's what you maybe think at this point. And then the bully goes to touch her collar, and Esther just screams the place down. And it's an interesting decision for this scene as well because they've attached like one of those kind of GoPros on her, like on her head, so that it's focused on her face and the whole world moves about in the background. 
Yeah. It's I don't it's, I think it looks I, good. Why why is that done? It feels it kinda feels like there's a supernatural element to it. Is it she's screaming it's as if it's as if it's reverberating from her because the camera is looking so closely into her face and kinda shaking with her. It's it's strange when there isn't really any other scenes in the film that are like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's um an interesting decision that I'm not fully on board with. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't keen. Like, well, when I first watched it, I didn't mind it because I thought, right, there's a supernatural thing here. This wee lassie is a freak of some sort, but I still wasn't quite sure what the twist was going to be. Uh-huh. Uh, so unless maybe that's why it's done, just to get a wee red turn, like, oh, here it's going to be supernatural. So then when the ending actually happens you've been led down a different path. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, that's fair enough. So then, um, the mum's continually trying to bond with this wee girl, so she's telling her a story about the stillbirth and how that she used the ashes from the fetus or the baby to scatter over the top of planting these roses that she's got in her greenhouse. And Esther sheds a wee tear, and you're like, is that genuine at this point? Obviously we find out that it's not, because she is fucking a psycho, but <laughs> you get that impression at this point that it's maybe... Maybe there is some good there. We'll see how this plays out. Yeah. Um, and then the parents are talking in the kitchen at night and he gets fucking horny as shit and she's up for it. So they start banging in the kitchen. But do you know what? Like, they didn't just, like, get their genitals out. They, like, Vera strips off to, like, to- total top half naked. In fact, fully underwear, I think. And he's stripped his, his top half and his jeans at his ankles. Do you know what I mean? They're fully gone for it. And it's very risky to be full on nearly nude banging in the kitchen like that when you have got three kids upstairs. But that's probably the thing. You've just you've got three kids. You just had two of them. You've been through a bit of time. This is probably the first time they've had their hole in a while, so they will just rip it all off and jump to it. It's giving it, no second thought to yeah. the kids. It did look like good hole. Is that, can, is that <laughs> it, did, <laughs> it, it did look like good hole. Is that how you say it? Can you, can you... No, that is that is the worst <laughs> thing I have ever heard. <laughs> it, that sounds like a, a vagina is a meat hanging from a butcher's reel <laughs> and that looks like good hole as opposed to that hole is spoiled or that hole is bad that is the worst thing anyone has ever said how would you describe that, it? Uh, that looks like uh, some good loving <laughs> alright okay <laughs> that looks like uh, a whale of a time <laughs> Yeah, it did. That good. looks like some good hole. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like you're rating her. Like she's a prostitute. Like you're rating a catalogue of prostitutes. No, that's no, That's some no, good no, hole. That's no, some bad hole. Not her. Two of them together, like getting on like that. It looked like they were having fun. Like it's is it is she was getting her hole and he was getting his hole. It's not. I'm not talking <laughs> about her. It sounded like you were describing her well, as I, some I, I like good not, product. I was not. I would never do such a thing. The two of them were consenting adults, and the both of them looked as if they were having a really good time. And from um, yeah. and from the point of view that I would be looking at that from, should I have been involved in that situation, she did look very, very good. <laughs> what, sorry, if you were involved in that exact situation, what part are you playing? Like in the corner? <laughs> no, like I mean, the The guy, obviously. Well, you said from looking on the outside, is a situation if I could be part no, of that. So the no, guy's there. No, I said, I said from that situation, if I was part of that, suggesting that because I would, I associate and identify with the 
with a um, cisgendered <laughs> heterosexual male. So that would be the part that I would be in. I mean, this, there's, there's so many variations of the factor of what's actually happening here that, you, that, that, that somebody <laughs> could put their, their body in. Hey, come on, Liam, it's 2019. That sounds like you want to be in the corner with the curtain tied round your throat, uh, self self asphyxiating while you film it and just jack off. That's it. That's how like you want to be a third a third cog in this machine. Well, do you know what? They look as if they might have been into that. So <laughs> anyway, the uh, Esther happens to be lurking about like a wee creep, and she's looking into the kitchen, sees them banging. So in the morning, like that must be that must have, it would be bad enough if your own kids seen it. But because you've just this new adopted Wayne that you need to go and then have this conversation and say, oh, shit, I know you seen me last night, but he, like, that sometimes, you know, when a mummy loves a daddy, and then uh, and then she goes, I know, they fuck. Like, wow. <laughs> and this, this unnerves Vera. She's like, no, she didn't just say it. She didn't just hear the word. She knew what it meant. Yeah. Because they weren't just making love. They were fucking... <laughs> some good. He was getting some good hole. <laughs> he was getting good hole. <laughs> uh, the real lassie acting in this <laughs> is excellent. Yeah, like when she says that you you do you you don't need to explain. You feel it that right. This this real lassie knows exactly what was going on there. Uh, but I've always thought, see if you did walk in and your mum and dad having sex, or if a child walked in and adults, why do you need to explain it to them? Why don't you just go, oh, we were wrestling, and then that's it. Because unless they unless they, st- they stood there and stared at you for a while, they, they, they didn't see enough to know. And if they did stand and stare at you for a while, get that way not for adoption because they're a wee freak. Or if not, that it's people like, it's like, for adoption like, are like one of those really really open and relaxed households where the parents are buying in the kitchen and the kid comes in. Oh, how was school today? Ah, oh, not good. Eh. Want to pass me some juice? <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, we had to buy a pal's house. It's like back. Please in tell me that happened. Please tell me that. Happened. <laughs> oh, first or second year. And when we came downstairs, uh, the mum was bent over in like the fridge, and the dad was just kind of standing, holding her waist, talking to us. She was bent over the entire time. She pulled her head out of the fridge and was talking to us. But we, it was still like first or second year, so we're like, why, why is he just standing there like he's pumping her from behind? Like, what is going on? And uh, the boy who will not be named never lived that down. <laughs> <laughs> Mind that time you went to your house and your dad started uh, piggybacking your mum in the fridge. <laughs> Were they banging? What? No. No. She was in the fridge and he just decided that that's where he was going to stand with his hands on her waist. But it was for an extended period of time. She was having a conversation with us as she was in the fridge. Right. And we were just leaving. So I don't know if maybe... Maybe she was about to get it. Probably get some good, after, good yeah, fridge after, hole. Yeah, after she's left, yeah. They both got some good hole. Um, so we move on from the kitchen sex and the dad has got the kids at the playground and this is where a soccer mum comes up to try and speak to him and she is Thursday. Thursday for the D. Oh yes. She wants some of that kitchen loving. She wants some good holes. <laughs> um, and, you see, and you see Esther, she's like taking all this in. She's looking and she's like aware of what's happening. Like, you know, this, you know, it's not the mummy that's talking to you here, chatting you up. Um, this is, I'm going to remember this information and use it again. And then she spots the bully. The bully gets some come up and pushes her off the slide. The wee deaf daughter sees it and then gets warned not to mention it. So you're starting to see that this Esther's messed up. Like we knew she was messed up, but she's now committing crimes and threatening the kids and just you know, you're like what you just try to figure out what she's doing and why she's doing it. Yeah, like the, the, there's something going on here. She's not she's not the age she is, she's not 
the 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 child that she's portraying. Yeah, it's and then they're talking about it like because obviously like it was half witnessed that she pushed the girl off the the slide, and she's like, no, she slipped. And you'd be like, what would you do? What do you do when somebody lies like that? It's so frustrating when you can't prove it, but you know they're lying, but they just won't, you know, like admit it. Yeah. It's one of those. And there's nothing, there's nothing you can really do to catch them out because yeah. you were the only witness. Yeah. They they break from that, but like the the fall and the wee lassie breaking her leg on a slide is really grim. Like yeah. the way it looks, the the snap. Yeah. It's quite horrible, and then you you don't really see just as is violent kind of gore type it was not really gore but it's violent breaks and snaps in a movie that's kind of filled with kids they usually kind of tone it down a wee bit yeah um I, just in case that you get people um complaining and stuff aye that they thought it was maybe a kids movie or that all oh, those kids are those kid actors have been taken advantage of because look at the look at the disgusting scenes that are in the movie like right next to them and along along with them they always, they of, often find though that they tend to hide the kids away from stuff like that, though, don't they? I don't, I don't know, man. I've never, I've never been in a movie like this. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah. If, I think if, I think if the kids are, in, like, I think they tend to cut it from side to side so that you don't actually, the kids don't actually stand and watch any of the actual bad shit to happen. But I don't know if I if I was a young kind of 12, 13, 14 year old boy on set, I would want to see the effects because you're watching them back home anyway, aren't you? So maybe you, maybe you would want to see it all happen. I mean, I would. I wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me. But yeah. again, some people are pussies. So <laughs> you know, um, you can't you can't use uh, pussies as a derogatory term, Scott. Uh, okay, I'll think of another one. Some people are scaredy cats. Oh, that's offensive to cats. It's just a difficult world we live in these days, but we need to be right. We need to be uh, non-upsetting. Yeah. So we'll, but we'll do better. We'll do better. Um, <laughs> so they're at dinner, and uh, yeah, so she's just continuously lying, and then the boy, I think the, the son tries to say something, but the dad like, kind of dismisses him and tells him, like, don't be, don't be a dick to your sister, and he's like, she's not my fucking sister, and then he just bolts away for dinner. But he's, the, the boy's reaction is fully understandable and, to a point, certainly from his point of view, justified. But yeah. then, because of how he's acted, the parents then punish him, lock his treehouse, take his computer away, and try to force him to like the adopted kid. They're going to push him away uh, by favouring the adopted kid. Yeah, that's that's clear. That's I mean, that's not that's something that's that's you know, psych one hundred and one. Do you think that would happen? Like, because you, obviously you're always going to, well, I assume, you're always going to have a maybe a, a slightly closer bond with your legit kids as opposed to the adopted ones, but do you think people in that situation then would actually do that, where they're trying so hard to include the other one that they sh- completely shun yeah, the natural bond? Yeah, I think so. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they try and get Esther to go to the dentist and she's not keen on the dentist, she just avoids it. I wonder why. <laughs> do they explain why in this movie? I don't think they explain it, do they? I don't think they explain it, no. no. Did you pick it up? No. Right. <laughs> do you want me to tell you now? We've not... Yeah, go for it, go, go for it. Well, because obviously if you go and the dentist looks at your teeth, the dentist is going to say, this is not a nine-year-old child. Yeah. This, this person has wisdom teeth. <laughs> now, knowing the ending that, it makes sense, but at the time I wasn't 
I wasn't thinking. I was just like, all right, she doesn't want to. Obviously, because she's a wee creep, she doesn't want to be at the dentist. Mm. Yeah, it's because it would just show her up straight away. Oh, well, I don't know. See, with them, what happens with her? Maybe with that condition, she would still have. No. You'd still have no? Your, no, your teeth would still go. You'd, certainly, all your baby teeth would be out and your adult teeth would be in. But would it? If you've yeah. got a condition that your your body's not grown the uh, the the normal rate, then your your bones aren't grown at the normal rate, and your teeth wouldn't be grown at the the adult rate. So you might still have baby teeth or at least juvenile teeth. I don't think so. I think your I think your teeth come in. But then that's weird. So nothing else grows, but your teeth grow. So then if. I suppose your teeth aren't going to go, go grow massive, are they? No. <laughs> I think she's going to be sitting there like a fucking saber-toothed tiger, like, oh, <laughs> watch my teeth, we just stop growing. <laughs> so, um, she's left in the house and uh, Vera comes home. She's, she's, Vera, she notices, the last she noticed there was a piano and she says, oh, wow, do you play piano? And Vera says, ah, maybe I can teach you. So she says, ah, okay. And then she's like playing like wee daft tunes, doop, 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 like at one scene. And then this scene, Vera comes home and she's sitting playing. I can't remember who she says, Tchaikovsky or something. Aye, and she's just like battering through it. She's like, You said you couldn't play. She's like, No, I didn't. She says, Yeah, you did. She said, you, not, you said you wanted to teach me and I didn't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> and then she says some snarky. Oh, yeah, she says, Oh, yeah, that's what she says. God, she says, It must be really frustrating for you um, being a, being so musical and having a kid who can't hear it and, some, and a, da- a daughter who can't hear and a son who's not interested. And she just like holds her stomach and goes, oh, and greets. But that, <laughs> slap, my, my notes say, uh, the piano playing and the snarky comment, send her back, send her back, <laughs> send her back. Can you go back? But like, you can't just return and go, oh, listen, this one's faulty. I want another one. No, I think you should be able to. But then some kids would never get adopted. And that's, that's sad as well. That is sad, yes. But the thing is, kids are also human beings and some human beings are arseholes. <laughs> I bet they're maybe assholes because of the situation they're in. Well, it's a situation I don't want to be involved in. <laughs> because the last guy took me back because he wouldn't hug me because he's a stoner and I kept trying to get into bed with him. <laughs> so he guy took me back. So I've obviously fucked up. So I'm not being a dickhead just because I want to be a dickhead. I'm being a dickhead because my life's a bit turbulent at times. <laughs> it's just it's just a fucked up situation, the whole thing. So anyway, the nun comes to visit. And she's playing mega detective and she comes and starts giving fear and doubt into Vera's mind that Esther's been responsible for committing a shit ton of bad stuff. And that would be enough. That would be me, man. That would be me. Take her back, none. Get away from my actual kids. That's it. We're done. We're done here. But what no. happens if the nun then just says, I, I'm no, I'm not taking her back? Well, what do you do? the nun doesn't take her back and what happens to the nun is she's no pan breed. So what you're saying is that if you're ever in this situation and you can control where you take the kid back, take the kid back so you don't end up pan-breed? Yeah. Like, she takes she takes Max, Max is the wee deaf daughter, she takes her out to the end of the road and then when the cars come in, she pushes her in front of it to make the nun swerve. And then when the nun comes out the car, she fucking brains her with a hammer. Like, this wee lassie is fucking mental. She's crossed <laughs> the line. That's her fully crossed line. She's, attacked, she's attempted murder on somebody. But why now? Like, what's her end game? Like, she's all whatever age she's supposed to be, nine, ten, and that she's committing murder now. Has she never been adopted before? Because we find out later on that there's the pictures in her Bible are adopted families, and there's more than one. There's about five yeah. or six. So, like, is what is like why is she, why is she killing people? Well, she, I like how your line is when she then throws the daughter in front of the nun to try and make her swerve and then kill her 
were bludgeoning her to death with a hammer. My line was probably when she pushed the wee lassie out the office line and broke her ankle. At that point, she's going back. I wouldn't then still to then cross the line by your point. Yeah. (laughs) You're obviously quite a patient (laughs) a patient figure, Scott. Yes, I believe I believe I am. (laughs) Um she then goes and wakes up the wee brother with a Stanley knife. I'll cut your little hairless prick off. (laughs) Wow. Um, so that, is it worse because it's said by a, quite a thick Russian accent yeah it's, it's all the more terrifying yeah um, so they um, she's terrified the kids into saying nothing so they, they're feared to even speak out and tell their parents that this you know their new sisters is, is what she's up to and she is fully gaslighting the mum and she's got the dad wrapped around her little finger um, which I'm sure I've got plenty of notes about later on because it's just fucking so creepy, man. Um, <laughs> so they take her to visit the shrink. Now, she is not a good shrink, all right? Because she speaks to this wee lassie for, what, we have to assume half an hour, say? An hour, maybe? Yeah, probably an hour. And she is fooled by her. It happens, right? It, patients can fool you. But to take what the girl said as gospel and refuse to believe that there could be any discrepancies, especially when the mum's coming in and saying, no, this is that's not what she's doing. She's doing this, that, and the next thing. She's lying to you. I'm telling you the truth, to then sit and say, yeah, but you've been coming to me for longer and you used to drink, so you're you're crazy. Like, that's not a good psychiatrist. That's a terrible psychiatrist and it's a terrible um, scenario for the for the mum to be in. Um, it's like, and she's totally getting like gaslighted like the whole way, like from yeah. everybody involved. And it's we're seeing it mainly through her POV from her perspective and it's so frustrating watching it because it's so frustrating getting gaslighted. It's mental. It's crazy. <laughs> the psychiatrist is maybe just absolutely amazing at her job though and the reason she's doing that is because she knows obviously if she makes the mum more and more convinced that she's mental, she's going to make more money off her. So the psychiatrist just doesn't give a flying fuck. She just wants the moolah. She wants the cash. Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised in America. That's the kind of thing they do play it so she have you just attacked all american psychiatrists there's quite a well <laughs> do you know what their health system's like so it's it's all it's all cash based so yeah true um so she leaves there and she starts going researching personality disorders okay yeah <laughs> nightmare material um and then the wee lassie's like that. i've waited so long for a daddy like you i'm like that is creepy shit man absolute <laughs> creepy shit did you not like even stroke yourself once to that? No, it, just, it, just, it really, really unsettled me. The whole the the whole relationship between the dad and the adopted daughter the whole way through this it really yeah. freaked me out. And it's so the uh, so he tells her do something nice for Vera, like try and make an effort. So she goes and gets her roses, but she's cut the roses that grew out of the dead baby's ashes. And uh, again, Vera just like losing her shit she's kind of breathed she's devastated that this has happened and she's like she knew I told her about those roses she knew exactly what they were and she and the dad's like no no it was it's my fault she didn't do it on purpose I told her to do something nice but you're like no just don't defend her she's done this exactly on purpose but what she did when she gave her the she brought the flowers she grabbed her arm a wee bit to like uh-huh. kind of shake her and she goes away and then you see her in the garage and she's breaking her arm in a vice like she's nuts like she's trying to pretend that when uh, Vera grabbed her by the arm to get the roses off her that she's broke her arm but a quick examination of the pressure marks and where the break is would show that it was not done by hand and fingers 
Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking that when the, the story progresses, I'm like, I, I, I'm not in this now. Like, at no point is MD going to look at that arm and think a human could have yeah. done that. Yeah, she'll have big rectangle bruises where the vice is pressed in enough to break an arm. Yeah. And also, no nobody is snapping their arm like that and being able to muffle it with a, a face rig. Yeah. You, like, four houses down, I'll hear you screaming. Yeah. So they take it to the... They take her to the hospital and get her put in a cast and all the rest of it. And the dad's like, "No, you, you did this. You did this to her." They fight. I think they found wine bottles by this point because she was she's getting so frustrated. She's bought wine, but she's not drank it. But she's like, "This is testing me here." And the dad goes, "She wants to sleep in here tonight, and you should sleep downstairs." I'm like, I'm finding it hard to ever believe that would be not that would not be a strange, creepy sexualized scenario. Like, I know, I know all not all guys who interact with kids who aren't their own are pedos, but that's that's what everybody thinks. Yeah. It's Especially like, yeah. now. Yeah. Because nine, nine times out of ten they are pedophiles. Yeah. It's like, what's that, what's that thing? Uh, not, if, not every guy that wants to play with a child that isn't their own as a pedo. Some people are just nice. That song by that guy you like, was it uh, Ubiquitous Chip or something? Ubiquitous Chip? What's the, what's the guy that sings that song that you like? I have no idea who you're talking about. What is it? It's like, it's no Ubiquitous Chip. That, that's that chippy in, or that's that restaurant in Glasgow, but it's something like that. Uh, not every What's, guy. What? Not every guy. See, he talks. He talks like he talks things. Talks things. Not every guy that wants to play with a child it isn't their own. It's a pedo. Some people are just nice. Oh, screwy as pep. Screwy as pep. You I've also not listened to screwy as pep in years. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no, we can put that at the end of this song. This episode. <laughs> um. Aye, so Dr. Brown and she's fucking gaslighting her as well. Like it's all, it's, it does get a bit too much. Like like you say, when the, the arm break comes, you're like, this is now, I'm now outside the, you know, suspend my disbelief now, but this is just too much. I can't say yeah. this is actually happening anymore. But I think Dr. Brown, I just tell her to get the fuck out of my life, man. She's not court ordered. I just take my kids, my actual kids, and get to fuck. You can stay and fuck your woman, child, Sarsgaard, I'm out here. <laughs> at this point in your notes, is uh, Sarsgaard still related to all the Swedish guys? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this uh, now they walk in and she's found a diary. She's found Vera's diary where she writes down all her, you know, what you do in a diary, writing your thoughts and feelings. And she's really detailed in the struggles she's had with the the miscarriage. And she reads a horrible story, like a personal story. I'm like, oh man, that wee bitch reading the diary. Oh fuck, I'd punch her cunt right in, man. It was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, yes, go take a wee Bible, play it our own game. <laughs> It's like they also do skip a couple of things, you know. They they do railroad you into just taking down the 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 route. So she finds out what orphanage or what place she came from in Russia, and she phones up, um, and she's like, they just she's like, ah, oh, I need to speak to you about um, a child that was that was there with with you. Ah, oh, sorry, ma'am, this isn't an orphanage. This is a this is a mental asylum. I'm like, right, well, let's. This is a mental health facility, you could have said. Also, let's not skip over the fact that kids can have mental health issues, you know? You yeah. don't you assume that it's a, an orphanage. You could have you could have been talking about a, a kid with mental health health issues, but, you know, they just went to ramroad you down the fact that she's... that. Well, why, why, how could she have possibly came from an adult mental health facility? This doesn't make any sense. And how the only thing scarier than an actual mental health facility to some movie viewers is basing it in, like, Russia... Estonia, yeah. the fucking Russians are terrifying, 
and imagine Russians like who don't actually know what they're doing or don't have full control over what they're doing. Terrifying. Yeah. And this wee bitch is for there. Yeah. Well, the dad is still really blinded by the wee girl. Like, he's favouring her over his own son at this point. And uh, he's obviously felt a wee, bit of, a wee bit of magic when he was lying there with the the hard on and she wanted to come out of bed with him and he's been thinking the whole time, ah, I'm really against this, but I'm also starting to wish I had done it. <laughs> now, this that, that, looks some, that looks like some good hole. <laughs> Jesus. Um, uh, now, does he tell a story that he... He was adopted. The dad, did I, I've not written a, note, written a note about this, but I think this at some point along the line, the dad tells a story about how he was adopted to the mum. I think is this correct? I think so. Yeah. And this is this kind of explains why he was so desperate to do the adoption, and why he's like believing her despite all the evidence suggesting that she is not a child and she is this wee fucking lunatic. Yeah, he's just desperate for it to work. I think. Um. Uh, so we, yeah, so she's up in the ante again now. She's she's managed to get the um, the wee boy up into his treehouse, and then she sets it in fire. She's fucking messed up. She's she's got all the evidence for sister uh, Abigail, and she's saying how the wee sister, the wee deaf sister, is in, is also implicated. So we need to burn it, and she sets fire and kind of traps him in the treehouse. He gets out the treehouse, and then but he falls out the tree, hits his head, and lands on the deck. I was like, I totally forgot. That she totally tried to kill the wee boy man. She comes over and she tries to knock his like smash his head in with a, a, a brick, like the same as the pigeon. But Vera gets to him first, but he's in the hospital because of his head injury. And but that at that point, if this wee lass who's going to, or who this is is going to kill the wee boy, why does she think if she bashes him in the head with a brick, she can can like make them think he fell out the tree? Yeah, that that would it's, totally show up. Yeah, it's still a brick smash in the head, unless there is a brick just lying in the woods underneath the treehouse, which either could be, but what are the chances that you're going to fall and hit your head with that, the, the same force as a child hitting you with a brick? Yeah. It's, just, it's, a bit too, it's a bit too zany at times where it's like, nah, just simplify it a bit again, bring yeah. it back closer to reality. Yeah. So they're in the hospital and it's mum, dad, wee boys in the hospital and then the two daughters and the gran is there. And the mum and dad are having an argument or a conversation about how Esther's been involved in this. So they leave the grand with the two kids. And the grand and the kid says, and the, Esther says, I want to go and buy some juice. And she says, no, your mum doesn't want you to leave here. So she puts on a sad face and the grand just instantly says, all right, here you go. Like, mm-hmm. you can see how stressed and like everything is here. And who, it's his mum, isn't it? Or maybe it wasn't he adopted. Or is it his adopted mum? I just see it as his mum. I wasn't. Um, so like, surely she can see how stressed. But then th- this whole uh, previous alcoholic storyline is running under it, and the fact that when she was drunk, the wee deaf lassie fell into the lake. Um, so like, the dad and the grand, I've never let her forget this. They've they've guilted her over it. This mistake she's made. So the mum's, the grand's not believing that she's. Mental, she's like, like she's, but not believing how stressed she's getting. At, um, Esther, she's thinking, no, oh, Esther can't be crazy. Yeah, you're, you're crazy. So she lets her go and buy juice. But as we know, Esther's mental. She goes into the room. I totally forgot she actually killed the wee boy. Like I completely forgot. That. She gets a pillow and she puts it over his face and and suffocates him. 
Do you think... I'm like, did they bring they, him back? They could. <laughs> oh, they did. Do you think there was ever a think... point in this script that he was out, he stayed dead? Because this movie would be more horrifying than any movie ever if she'd actually just killed the wee boy and he stayed dead. Yeah, no, I think you... I think there's a every possibility. Yeah, that was that was part that was the intention. I see. I don't know. Or Jenkins just knew that. Right, that's not something we can put in. Like we can't have her actually killing the wee boy. Yeah, no, I think they knew they probably wouldn't get away with it, but I think they wanted to. I mean, if I was right now, I'd want to. I'd probably just leave him dead. Because I don't know if that would go to, if that would be too harsh. Like I don't know if I would watch that and go right. I'm actually quite uncomfortable now. That's a bit. That's crossed the line a wee bit. Oh, so that crosses the line. I as it crosses the line for the movie, I'm fine with watching everything else happen. But then when she kills the wee boy with a pillow, I'd be like, ah, I've just watched the wee boy get suffocated there. I'm not sure how cool I am with that. At the end of the day, I probably, I'd, I'd probably just laugh it off and I'd be absolutely fine with it. I'm, I'm just. I'm just wondering if, yeah. they, if they've actually thought about that. Uh, well, they do. They bring him back. She does manage to kill him, but they do bring him back. Uh, but also, can I just say that the oxygen saturation finger clip she takes off him and puts on herself while she tries to kill him, uh, it, it wouldn't work that way. It wouldn't, it wouldn't do anything. What is that, though? Like, it, it monitors, explain it to the layman. It, it monitors, monitors how much oxygen is in your blood and it monitors your pulse. Now, she's suffocating him, so she's even if she's a psycho she's going to have an elevated heart rate anyway just for the physical exertion so it's going to raise um the same way his would uh-huh. and when he died it doesn't monitor it doesn't monitor heart rate um so he's going to have a bp cuff on as well which is going to test his blood pressure every so often um it's like i say it's not a heart monitor it's not going to it's not going to like beep and go crazy yeah so when she takes the the clip off herself and puts it back on him. It's just got to do whatever it, you know what I mean? It, she could have just left it on and done the same thing and it would have alerted the nurses at the same amount of time yeah. as taking off. Do you think it's just an oversight for the director on that or I, do you think it's like that this lassie doesn't actually know that? Maybe she thinks, especially if she's from Estonia, I think, then maybe their medical shit isn't as advanced I think it's from the writers I think they've done it to try and make it look as if it's more sinister like to make it look sinister that she's gives her a couple of different actions and a couple of different shots to happen before she takes the pillow so Uh you can build up to what she's going to do Um, and I think they just hoped that nobody would really overly question it they just hoped that Scott Howley wouldn't see it damn right fucking tough luck guys (laughs) Um, so at this point uh, the 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 like the the uh, what do you call it? Emergency response alarm's gone off, and she realizes it's her son that's needing to be revived. And she comes running a test, and she just was like, "Finally!" She gave it a good slap, but the orderlies coming and grabbing her, and then the doctor just comes running out of nowhere with a pre-made syringe lorazepam. That's not on, especially in America. They've got no right to assault her by injecting substances into her body. Not to mention having no clue of her allergy status. She's set for life after this whole orphan debacle because that is a clear-cut lawsuit right there. When you say pre-made, is that does that drug have to be? You don't get syringes with already filled syringes with needles in them. We're already in it. Or of anything at all. You can get pre-made. You, you can get pre-filled syringes of um, midazolam. 
But in terms of like a regular that's a, gym, that sounds like a magic word. That sounds like what you use to open up your cave. It's that's one of the that's one of the drugs they use in the lethal injection. It's the one that relaxes your body down so you don't fit when you're getting uh. killed. Um, but you, it's obviously it's got other uses other than killing people. Um, but you, you tend to you tend to have your lorazepam in ampules. So it keeps it fresh and out of the air. Right, okay. um, and it, you can put a sell by date on it. It, it. it wouldn't tend to be open where it could be uh, contaminated with other 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 stuff. Right. Okay. And you wouldn't have a, in a general hospital like that. Somebody shouting, literally, like three seconds later, a doctor's not going to come running with that ready. Right. And I can tell you one thing as well for sure: a doctor isn't coming running. Why? Just because doctors do not run to when people are <laughs> screaming and shouting and being unruly and being violent. They do. They fucking stay. They run the opposite direction. <laughs> Telling you, it's the plebs that on the ground floor that get left with that. <laughs> um. So she has to stay in the hospital overnight because she's been assaulted with that injection, and the everybody else goes home. Well, I think the son stays in the hospital because he he died, so he's been re re uh, incarnated, and uh, he, no. Re, re, revived. He's been revived. revived. <laughs> he's reincarnated. So he's probably spending a night in the in hospital, I'd imagine. Um, so they go home, and it's the dad. And I don't know is is he drugged or just drunk? I think he's been drinking some wine. He's drinking the bottle of wine that the wife had bought but didn't drink. But does she drug him? Because no, I I think he's drunk? just drunk. Aye, because there's there's obviously a lot of shit happening, man. He needs a drink. It seems yeah. a very unrealistic way of showing somebody drunk on one bottle of wine see, see but just before that see when you said the little boy was obviously he's going to spend the night in hospital mm-hmm. see if he was killed off and then they revived him they didn't revive him that quickly after it was it there was still a bit would there not be like a lot of kind of brain damage yeah well there's possibly I mean, you don't really know that's the thing it's one of those unknown entities like you could you could be out for 15 minutes and come back absolutely fine you could go out for four and be a vegetable Okay, so that is a possibility if you're out for you could be out for a long period of time and still be okay. It's possible. Mm. Science is amazing. Yeah. Um so yeah, so he's drunk on the couch and she comes down with makeup on and a wee dress and he's like, What are you doing? What is this? And she's like, Oh just just relax, Daddy. And like he's like, Oh, but but uh no, wait, wait. Well, no, wait a minute, stop. <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh, don't, don't, don't touch me there. <laughs> but then I was like, phew, he's not a pedo. KB hen. <laughs> KB stands for knockback if anybody's not from Central Scotland. I think we'll get messages and angry emails if I don't ask this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you fuck it? <laughs> At that point, right, so you're coming back, you're drunk. You keep hearing all this stuff about this wee lassie that you've adopted. You start thinking, here, maybe maybe that is true. What if she has a wee adult? And then she comes down the stairs and she's all dolled up and you're drunk and she's trying to come on to you. Do you... <laughs> what do you do, Scott? Does that look like good hole? Is that what you're asking me? <laughs> Does that look like some good hole? Bear oh. in mind that you're, you're obviously already maybe thinking at the back of your head that this is maybe... This is my Ben adult, so it's actually not that found upon. <laughs> Absolutely not. Don't right, okay. No, no. That's that's the answer. Because I'm I'm the same, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. I've got a wee bit of Mandela effect on this movie, right? 
I thought I could remember her start to blow him. No? Right. Do you know the way that no. his wife does at the start, like under the covers while he's sleeping? I thought she'd done the same thing. That's just a Freudian memory there. I think you're recalling what you want to have seen. That's not, in, that's not in a version. That's not like in the DVD version of that, no? That she goes down on him? Yeah. I've I've never seen that bit. I don't know why I thought that that's what happened. Because you wanted it to happen. No, I and just you, thought that that's... You willed thought, it to like, happen. What? Is this where they're going to go? No, there's no, there's no way they would put that in a movie. No, yeah, definitely watching it, this been taking notes, like, in the order of things happen, we don't know that she's an adult yet, so there's no way that there would have been yeah. movie, absolutely not. <laughs> it's after that scene, it's after she gets knocked back that she's raging, she goes away up to the room and she's wiping off her makeup and she's, at the same time, the, the Russian uh, hospital's phoning back either the mum or the one of the sisters in the in the orphanage and telling them what she's up to how she's 33 years old she uh, still the size of a child but you could um but she's got uh, a rare hormone disorder it gets a proportional dwarfism she's get fake teeth in to make them look like baby teeth um she's uh yeah she's she just she looks they make her look old because i looked to see when they, at the end when she's like supposed to be an adult again I checked to see if it was two actresses playing her, two actors playing her to to be the young and old, but it's not. It's, it is the wee lassie, and she was like 10, 11 years old when she made this movie. Yeah. They make her look old in a good a couple of scenes, like after she's like looks haggard, and it's convincing. Oh yeah, the scene where he's drunk on the couch, she looks like an older, older than she is. Obviously, still like seventeen, eighteen type of thing, but she still looks old enough. Basically, yeah. which but, is yeah. horrifying. So you find out, so the mum finds out that she's 13, the mum starts fucking tanking it back because she's like, she learns that this person's history is pretending to be a child, binding her body and uh, going, trying to seduce the dads and then killing the whole family when she gets knocked back, like setting fires and like leaving the bodies and all the rest of it. So she's like, fuck man, she's got to try and kill my family, I need to go home. She tanks at home. I'm like, she's 33 years old, but she's still the size of a child, so you could boot her about the place and no bother. It'd be like fighting Chucky. <laughs> easy. And why is it easy, Scott? Because he's got no centre of gravity. <laughs> could you bring... Well, I suppose after what she's been doing to your family, you could. But as a, as a guy, could you... Do you think it would be easy to go home and start punching that little girl, in the, well, what looks like a little girl, in the face? It depends when it comes to it. See if, see if like, a wee lassie's just trying to fight you in the street, you're like, fuck's sake, wrap that, piss off. How many it's... times has a wee lassie <laughs> tried to fight you in the street? But see if... see if No, I... no, wait, wait. No, don't, never. I'm don't, just don't, saying... Don't sweep that under the rug. Never. But I'm just saying if, right. if it happened... Now, but if a murderous psycho was, like, trying to stab you and has already tried to murder your kids, yeah, punch fuck at her so hard, man. <laughs> Uh, he goes into the bedroom, her bedroom, and um, I can never tell where she got the black light from, or is it from the fish tank? Either way, she has been secretly painting some black light images behind their paintings of like dead bodies and murder and mayhem. But she's also, when he turns it into a black light neon porno on the walls, it's actually quite good art. Yes, but you see, it, you see it at the start that she's she's a good wee painter. Uh, why it's all done in UV and the walls is way better. Why it's done in UV and black, like, like, what does that add to the story? Where does that came from? I know, and that's what I say. Look, where is, is the black light's just from the fish tank, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's just the, so, the like, dolly. She didn't bring it. the fish tank. The fish tank was already there. And so where yeah. did she get the UV so, pencil? Like, you, why, why did she have this? Easy to come by. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Where does, she, where does she get this idea of doing the hidden UV stuff? Like, it's, it doesn't really make much sense. Unless she's watched Batman forever. You've already, you've already established... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I love those scenes. So it just made me like, uh, the laser quest that was it by Encote Bridge. So, yeah, uh, oh, good. I can't remember what that was called. Holy fuck. I forgot that she full-on stabs the dad, like, loads. Yeah, like, br- brutally. Yeah, it's really horrible. Do you know how I feel about stabbings though? They're all the same as Lords of Chaos and stuff. For some reason, probably from Glasgow, uh, and you hear the bit of stabbing stories, stabbing deaths just really got under my skin. Like it just always feels real, always feels brutal and hard hitting and because it happens so often it's like, ah, that's too close to reality for me. I'd rather yeah. head gets chopped off because that doesn't, obviously happens a lot but you don't hear about it every fucking day. So, even this bit in the movie, I was like, oh, fucking hell, man. Yeah, it's quite it's quite brutal. And if it, obviously, if it's showed on screen, if they, they can make it look horrible and the situation surrounding it as well, like the, the way the actors react and stuff. And yeah, this is this is horrible and it's hard-hitting as well. Do you think, though, that a, a, a child or a woman of that kind of size and stature, do you think she would ha- have enough strength to stab as brutally as it seems in the movie? Well, this, that's, I've actually wrote, and it's actually played out quite well to show how this diminutive person always gets the upper hand over people who should be stronger than her. She kills them, she kills the dad, gets them out of the way, she gets a gun, she's got the house in darkness. Um, yeah, I think if the knife's sharp enough, um, and they can stab you, yeah. Right, okay. I just thought it didn't seem as realistic because it, there's a lot of force in that stabbing, and I think I, after one, you would be able to just fucking break her wrist, you'd, you would get her away. Yeah, he was always he was also drunk though, and maybe drugged. Mm. Maybe. Um. So the the mum comes back. She drives her car into the side of the house. I don't know why she did that. <laughs> I think that even even if I was in a rush or worried, I think I would still put the brake. I'd still press the brakes. It's like muscle memory, you know. It's something you do all the time. I don't know why you would just crash into the side of your house. Absolutely excellent way to end the film though. She just accelerates, cleans through the living room, jumps out as the car's in the air and the car just absolutely scuds that wee lassie in the face, just takes her head clean off. Movie ends five I'd, stars. Yeah, I'd accept that. That's not what we get though. <laughs> what we get is the mum on the roof of the conservatory watching the wee lassie near the, the rose bush. I was like, jump to the roof, landing that wee cunt. <laughs> but what we get is she just... Like shoots bullets, man. Like how many bullets are in that six shooter? Well, if it was a six shooter, there would be six. Well, I believe she shoots about seven or eight. I didn't count so it. I didn't get back to count my, it, but it's maybe an eight shooter, yeah. or a seven shooter. Hmm. I don't know how many bullets are in a gun. We come from a country that don't allow guns, and that's why we don't have school shootings. This is true. That, <laughs> um, so she manages to get out the house. Um, she's. I think she does land on the wee lassie. And she's kind of yeah. knocked her out. Uh, so she runs away. She takes her kid. And why did she run? She runs through the field, through the snow. Surely it'd be easier to run down the road. It would have been a lot easier to get back in the car if you hadn't fucking drove into the side of your house. But it's just luring her somewhere that she can then get the upper hand again. But she, like I think, I think she thought that she'd killed her. Yeah. Uh, and the police all start to arrive at this point. But because she's run through the field, they don't. They just drive past her. 
Um, Esther, obviously, isn't dead. And she comes running after it and they have a fight on the ice. Oh, the scary ice that the wee lassie Max drowned, nearly drowned in earlier on before the movie began. Hmm. Yeah, so they're fighting on the, on the ice and then Max has got the gun that's got another bullet in it. And she's pointing it. And this wee lassie's like five years old. We've shotguns. <laughs> yeah. Her yes. hands are coming off. Yeah. But they do kind of make it believable in the fact that she, she misses completely. She shoots below them and the gun comes right out of her hands and she gets knocked on her ass. Um, I think it'd be a bit more brutal than that, but we've got enough brutality happen. Yeah. What this does do is break a hole in the ice and they fall in. And now, see, getting trapped under ice, that would be, that's the scariest, that's the scariest fuck scenario. See, I was, I would be scared of it until I seen a video yesterday uh, where some guy was showing you, like, if you fall into ice. I have no idea how it came up on Facebook. It was like a kind of sponsored post thing, a viral video. The guy falls down and he's talking to the camera and he's like, if you just don't panic, just just kind of withstand the cold shock, don't make it, don't kick, don't do anything, just put your hands out and stay. And once your body handles that, he then he basically puts his hands out and brings himself up out of the water and kind of slides like worms forward a bit until he gets out of solid ice and he gets up and he's absolutely fine. And I was like, do you know what? Ice doesn't scare me anymore. I could easy handle this. As long as you don't panic in the first like fucking ten to fifteen seconds, you're fine. You'll get out. No worries. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. I mean, <clears throat> but I'm talking about getting trapped under the ice, not just in a hole in the ice, like actually under the ice, away from the hole. But if you've watched that video, is that the same guy that goes on then to show you how to escape from falling in quicksand? Because he doesn't get out of that one. <laughs> I don't think it's that guy. Did that guy die? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> it's very convincing fake. If if he didn't. I imagine. Oh, I did. It's also a very, it's it's also a very horrible video if it is true. I did also think that I quicksand would be a way. I think I've seen that in a meme somewhere. Like I thought quicksand would be a, a much more dangerous threat in adult life than it actually is. Like you used to growing up, you'd see it in movies and you think, oh my god, <laughs> it's I'll get stuck in quicksand. Like you just be walking down the street and oh my god, it's quicksand. Yeah, it doesn't quite happen, like that does it? No, thankfully. So I don't, um, I don't, I don't think it's that guy. But I now know how not to fall down ice. If you, if you fall through ice enough to then go underneath and be trapped underneath ice, it might be fair to say that it's your own fucking fault. You should have been in the ice in the first place. You then shouldn't have fallen in and went underneath it. You can have stopped yourself at least three or four times before that. So at that point, you've kind of you've made your bed and you'll lie in it. Sometimes. Um when you're fighting 33-year-old midgets, so it's, it happens. Dwarfs. 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 See, this is exactly my point. <laughs> I'm being called a dwarf when you want to be called a midget, or the other way around. Um, obviously, this is all, all jokes, guys. It's, it's uh, quoting in Bruges. Duh. And obviously, um, obviously, we'd be quoting in Bruges since it's one of the best horror comedies of all time. You know it. <laughs> right. But can I also talk about when they fall into the ice? Uh, the stabbing uh, it was grim yeah stabbed underwater and it looks horrible always does because the water just turns fucking bright red yeah um, so uh, Vera gets out and then she's crawling over to Max um, Esther also climbs out and she, she gives some fucking shite oh, don't let me die mommy she's like I'm not your fucking mum and kicks her in the head that that uh, that head kicks too far back. It's like a dummy, and it's like smashes her face in, and like it's not 
doesn't look realistic, but she falls into the water and sinks like Jack at the end of Titanic. Yeah. Who, the end. Who could definitely have fitted onto that door uh, and Rose killed Jack in Titanic because yeah. there was definitely space for two of them. It's a class war, though. They never made it. It's a, it's a holiday romance. They never made it after they got off at the dock. I don't know, man. If Sandy and John Travolta can make it, anyone can. But they don't. They do, kind of. Like, that's it's not. It's that's that's all a dream. What do you mean it's all a dream? It's Sandy's dead. What? And she she dreams the whole thing. That's why the car flies in the, at the end. That's why it flies up into the sky at the end. I have never ever heard that that theory. That Greece is just a dream. It's Sandy's dream, like, see, like towards the end, see, just before she makes the changes and she sings Sandra D yeah. when she's at the, the, the race course, after she's so sad that she can't fit in with the friends here, she goes away and kills herself, and the rest of it's like her, the last minutes of her life flashing before her that. eyes before she finally dies. <laughs> that is... the, whole, the, whole, the whole scene at the, the play park at the end, the, the, the fairground at the end, when they're all singing and dancing and everybody's happy and having a great time, that's all... Her, her mind thinking that through before she dies my little sister's dance school did this when she was like four there's no way they made four year olds dance to a movie that ends in a suicide and then a yeah, fucking well, death made, dream well they made a dance to a, a movie that's about teenage pregnancies and um, condoms and all the rest of it <laughs> oh cause the famous Grease song condoms <laughs> if you never noticed the song Grease Lightning when he's talking about getting, getting lots of tit and banging birds, he grabs a uh, cling film and rubs it on his crotch. That's to some, uh, represent condoms because in the stage show originally it was it was more talked about, but they said we can't put this in the movie. So John Travolta still made a reference to it by disguising it as a dance move. How many documentaries about the the CD underpinnings of Greece have you watched? I'm telling you, I know a lot. Greece is actually a, a, a horror musical. No, right, no, <laughs> fuck off. Okay. <laughs> no, you'll probably fucking put it, in fact, you'll watch it this year and you'll put it into your list anyway. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of uh, horrific elements in this in that movie. No, no, that's that's absolute bullshit. I'm going to, I can make a case for it, I'm going to work on it, that's, that's my task, I'm going to work on that. Yeah, that, yeah. Your task is anyway, that and to find another fucking yeah, we... host. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's uh, sum up this movie. Now, this is a movie I've seen a few times. I enjoyed it each time. It's not a movie I revisit often. And on this watch, taking notes, that's a good thing as there was lots of parts that I'd forgotten and I was shocked and excited again as if I was watching it for the first time round. Uh, this creates tension and frustration and the gaslighting towards Vera is done expertly. It's a brilliant story, even better because it's since more or less happened in real life, which I'll expand on in a minute. And they took risks by killing kids and having a strange pedo element for a mainstream movie, is that could uh, turn a lot of your normies off. Um, normies don't listen to our show. Normies are, you know, your regular, run of the mill People. People like cinema to see Marvel movies and the rest of it. Um, it's well written, well acted. It's still unsettling and creepy and dark. Uh, four kitchen fucks out of five. Four? Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh... I've only, this is the second time I've watched this. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed it. The the twist, it didn't get me. I kind of guessed it from maybe just after halfway. You kind of guessed what was happening. But it's really unsettling. As far as Demon Kid movies go, it's up there with one of the best. But there's so much 
in it that just is a little too far-fetched that kind of annoys you a wee bit that you think right oh, at that point you would know you would have got fucking shot at her then and there then something else happens you go right you would definitely have got rid of her there so the believable aspect pulls it down for me but well acted it looks good and it's an enjoyable film I would give it a three and a half out of five yeah that's fair that's that's good that's how, when you picked it I didn't know if you like seriously seriously enjoyed this or seriously hated it I wasn't sure where you would where you sat, but four, four's quite, quite a strong score. Quite, yeah, it's quite a strong score. Right? I think I did enjoy it, but it's, it's funny because it's a movie that as much as I enjoyed and gave it a high rating, I'm not really going to go back and watch it that often. Do you think you would have gave it a five if she had actually went down on him when he was drunk on the couch? <laughs> no, that would because have. that would have been wrong. <laughs> yeah, but she looked older. <laughs> that was a joke, obviously. 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 Whether they look older or not, it's, they're still underage and you can't let them do that. Are you listening, seventies no. BBC presenters? <laughs> wow, what a crazy made-up story that is! So bizarre and could never happen in real life. <laughs> right, remember, like we said earlier, you told the story of the woman who believed that her foster kid was trying to kill her own kids and was older than she said, and the uh, the police uh, intervened when the mum tried to kill the foster kid, or they, they they left her alone and they fucked off to Canada, yep. and they said the mum was mentally ill, and we all thought, huh, that mum thought it was real life orphan. Remember that? Yep, I remember. Well, that story is developed, and apparently, the child has proportionate dwarfism, just like in this movie, and a dentist has examined her teeth and said that this person is undeniably at least 22 years old. She's got adult teeth and wisdom teeth. She's not six years old. The, air quotes, little girl told the dad that she was going to kill his kids. The mum was not mentally ill. It is all true. The family moved to Canada to get away from it all, and because there are no paper records, at least at the time of my last reading, the authorities were charging the family for neglect and dismissing the dentist's opinion from from the record, which is absolutely bizarre. Apparently it's a scam where she gets adopted by an American family, then there is clause for her birth family to get rehoused and migrate to America legally, but the girl went psycho and, aside from the crazy part of acting like a child, tried to kill um, her foster family. You could not make this shit up. It is life imitating art, imitating life. So the little girl knows she's 22, it's not like she's also yeah. got a kind of a, maybe a mental condition where she is like a child. Like maybe she acts like a child or she thinks like a child. She knows she's a twenty-two-year-old adult. Yeah, she knows. Yeah, she knows how old she is. Yeah, that. But she's acting like a child and binding her body, and it's still it's still kind of bizarre and up up in the air because they're still getting charged for this. Um, the the parents uh, claim they adopted the Ukrainian girl. And then Natalia Grace, when she was about eight years old, that's what they thought. The couple are now divorced. This happened in like 2010, I think, or 2004. So, uh, so like the guy has actually thought, I'm fucking out of here. Like, he's done yeah. the opposite to the, to the movie. It's the guy that's went, fuck that, that wee thing's a witch, man. Yeah, they, they, say, they say they saw red flags about her age and nationality immediately after the hasty adoption. Um, how can, how can like, you adopt hastily? I thought it was like a, a really long drawn out process. I fuck. I, I don't know how the ins and outs of it, but the uh, so the, the, the what it's up up in arms here is did these girls' parents or like foster parents force the adopted daughter to say she was an adult and then abandon her, or was she actually an adult sociopath pretending to be a child and actively trying to kill them? Like that's that's the situation that actually has happened in real life. And we're no closer to actually the truth or what what is happening. 
No. So is the it's, child still out, or is the child in jail? Yeah, the child is um, back in some kind of protective custody, I think, or protective care. Or, no, she's been adopted by a new family in like Oregon or Ohio or something. But surely that family are watching the news and going, right here, two settings. <laughs> like, what, what? <laughs> yeah, you, you, would, you would think so. It's uh, right, I'm, I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs, right? In a bizarre story that spins a yarn echoing the 2009 horror movie starring Vera Farmiga and Peter Salzgard, uh, this gripping tale is actually a real-life case currently making international headlines. Indiana parents Michael and Christine Barnett are accused of abandoning their eight-year-old daughter in Lafayette when they moved with their three biological children to Canada. However, the now-divorced couple claim that their adopted Ukrainian daughter with dwarfism, Natalia Grace, was actually a 22-year-old woman who tried to murder them on multiple occasions. <laughs> it's just like... It's, it's absolutely... I remember reading the story, but I, I was convinced that the, the mum and dad were just mental cases. And that it was a child, like they just watched Orphan one too many times and thought, right, cool, that wee one's quite creepy. So I didn't know that was an actual <laughs> like they're, they're here's, genuine. Here's a here's a quick um, sped up timeline of events, um, and some of the the information in here is 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 brilliant. This is you know, these are and this will explain some of the red flags. <laughs> Natalia arrived in the United States in two thousand and eight. Um, Natalia told Tip- I don't know how to say this Tip- Tipicanu uh, County Sheriff's Deputy that she came to the States in 2008 as part of an adoption programme this is according to a probable cause affidavit she also said that she has a rare form of dwarfism a uh, medical name spondyloepiphyseal dysplasia congenita I'm sure that's pronounced correctly <laughs> it's characterised by deformities before birth that include spine, hip, knee hip and knee mal- malformations as well as ocular abnormalities Michael and Christine adopted Natalia in 2010 originally set to adopt a little girl from Haiti the, the Barnett's plans were halted due to the area's massive earthquake later in April 2010 Michael told Dr Oz that the couple was contacted by an adoption agency in Florida saying they would like to pair them with a Ukrainian girl according to Michael it was a hasty process right that to me sounds like this adoption agency has known about this girl or if it was an adoption agency or this family had been targeted if it's been put hastily through and they were contacted somebody has planted this 22 year old little murderer in there yeah and I, I know i don't know how because how how much and this is not this is not really long ago 2008 2010 is not long ago this is proper paperwork and checks and yeah. records should all be in place but they said that um, the records initially indicated that she was born in 2003, uh, according to Children's Hospital records, and then a physician examined her in 2010 and estimated her age to be about eight years old. Two years later, the hospital did its own testing in America and approximated her to be 11. However, in June 2012, the Barnetts, with a court judge approval, changed Natalia's age from eight to 22, um, with birth records indicating that Natalia was born in 89, making her 30 years old today. Michael says one of the benefits of changing her age was so that she could be lawfully admitted to a psychiatric hospital to get the care she needed. But, here, what made the Barnetts believe Natalia wasn't a child in the first place? Do you want to know? <laughs> yeah, first, what, why, are they, why are they still approximating her age? Can you not just cut her leg off and count the rings? <laughs> count the rings. <laughs> <laughs> um, according to the Daily Mail, Christine, who is a famed parenting author and a motivational speaker, began doubting Natalia's age immediately after the adoption. On Dr Oz's show... Michael elaborated that on their first night together, Christine was giving Natalia a bath and noticed that she had a full bed of pubic hair. How is that not the red flag that makes you take her back? (laughs) This is night one. (laughs) Later, Michael claimed the couple learned of Natalia hiding her menstrual cycle. Also, night one? 
see if I've just come back for an adoption, uh, an adoption house, hospital, adoption. <laughs> What's it called? An adoption office. If I've just spent my time at an orphanage and I've been picked up by a family, the last thing I'm going to do in my first night is get bathed. Yeah. Dude, that's that's the thing. The thing that just prove you're no pedos. Just wait a minute before you strip them naked. Yeah, at least get a couple of days. Wait till they actually get dirty and they need a wash. <laughs> um, according to USA Today, Christine also alleged that she became fearful for her life as Natalia threatened to kill her and her family on more than one occasion. On Doctor Oz's show, Michael explained that Natalia was caught pouring pine saw into Christine's coffee. <laughs> After she was confronted on the matter, Michael said Natalia simply said, "I'm trying to kill you." <laughs> Maybe she's just seen the movie though and is just acting it. Like she doesn't realise that it's not funny. It is funny for us, but it's not funny for the people who are affected. She, um, they took her to like professionals and like doctors and they called it a stress centre. And she was, the wee lassie was, or well, the, the person, Natalia, was documenting this and writing things down in a, in a notepad. Um, She's wrote down the red, which she wrote, not only am I trying to kill Christine, but I'm going to kill the brothers too. Here's how I'm going to do it. Here's what I'm going to do with their bodies. <laughs> like, I just, I don't understand this. Then the family moved to Canada in 2013, but left Natalia. The they weren't, their biological son is like a gifted genius and was getting like young Sheldon to like a <laughs> physics program in a university. So they just fucked off to Canada without her. They paid for her, paid for her three months rent in this place and set her up and we had a social security number and all the rest of it, thinking she was 22, just left her to it. But because of this, they get pulled up for neglect because they just left her on her own. But then that means that the 22-year-old has phoned social services to say, listen, I'm, I'm on my own and I'm, I'm a child. Like, how should they not just been fine with it? How, is, how has this been brought to the, the police's attention unless she doesn't know she's an adult? Yeah, I don't know. But I don't know. Uh, as of 2016, Natalia is now living with another family in Indiana who petitioned to be her guardians. But to make that happen, they needed the old birth records and that required contacting the Barnets. It's... Wild. Oh, it's... It's it's mental. And Michael said he showed up at the, the guardianship hearing with several of Natalia's past healthcare professionals and documentation and the judge ruled that Natalia was indeed an adult and the case was dismissed. However... The, the two of them, they're still arrested and they were, they were bailed and their court, the trials came up in January 2020 uh, listen, for neglect. I'm like how, watch this like a I hawk. don't understand. Yeah, yeah. I want to see how this, this plays out. How can so many professionals say this this person is not a child but other people still saying, nah, I think she is. Uh, it's you know so I mean? strange, like, it's, it's mental. Crazy. Mind-blowing. Crazy bizarre. Yeah. Uh, so after that, news bombshell. <laughs> Uh, yeah. We'll play a short clip of something. Who knows? Uh, and we'll be back to close out the show. Now, with that jaw dropping story, a couple who says that the little girl they adopted from overseas is actually an adult who has threatened them. They're now charged with neglect for abandoning her. Amy, ooh, this is quite a story. I here. mean, this is, when you say it's a bizarre story, that's truly an understatement with all of these details that are now unfolding. The real age of the girl is under investigation right now, and the adoptive couple has been accused of neglect for moving out of the country and leaving the girl behind. But now the adoptive father is telling his side of the story. Michael Barnett and his wife, Christine, thought they were adopting an adorable six-year-old girl. But this morning, they claimed that girl was actually an adult woman who they believe was intent on killing them. We were told by doctors, this person's a sociopath, this person is a con artist, you are all in danger. It's a story just like the horror movie Orphan, 
adoptive parents who believe they are adopting a young girl, but who turns out to be much older. What are you talking about? The picture that I sent you is of our adopted daughter, and she's nine years old. No, she's not. She's 33 years old. Now, Michael Barnett and his ex-wife, Christine, could face jail time, accused by the state of Indiana of neglecting their adopted daughter, Natalia, leaving her behind after moving to Canada. But according to the Barnetts, Natalia is not who she says she is. They claim she's an adult and that she was attempting to cause them harm. Natalia would do things like place clear thumbtacks on the stairs face up so that when we would walk up the stairs, we would be stepping on thumbtacks to, to pain and injure ourselves. She had attempted to kill my wife for the second time, this time by trying to pull her into an electric fence. Natalia was reportedly six years old when the Barnetts adopted her. She suffers from a rare form of dwarfism, and Barnett says they quickly noticed some suspicious behavior, including developmental changes consistent with adults. He claims that doctors, testing, and even a court ruling led them to believe she was actually born in 1989. In 2012, based on evidence presented to the court, the Marion County Superior Court ruled that her birth year would be changed from 2003 to 1989, effectively changing her from 8 to 22 years old. Still, there is confusion about Natalia's age. Right now, she could be 16 based on her original birth certificate or 30 based on the revised certificate. But officials believe she was a minor when the Barnetts moved out of the country, arresting them both. Right, so everyone at home's doing the math, and that's what everyone's forced to do in this case. So yes, Natalia is about 30, according to the Barnetts, but police say she may be 16 or 17. And then there's also the question of where she is right now. Police have not released any information on that, but Michael Barnett says she is living with another family. So some incredibly disturbing details in this case and still a lot of mystery so that was another long one i'm sure you guys are excited and absolutely loving it and your ears aren't bleeding at this point listening to scott's voice nothing to do with mine but everyone in the facebook group and instagram and twitter and stuff will know that we're doing a halloween live stream or next wednesday the 30th of october it is wednesday is it yeah it's wednesday yes. uh, time tba will decide at the weekend because uh, we want to know like who's going to actually join in and whether we should make it later for our American audience as well or we'll see what happens but it's a Wednesday so we know you're definitely sitting in the house with nothing better to do than an excuse uh, a fun excuse to crack open a can and join in whereas we'll do live competitions Scott's yeah yeah we've got some prizes yeah we're going to be giving away yeah Scott's going to give you the shirt off his back They'll sign it for you. You've not seen much. You've not. You've not seen much shirt. I'm going to be wearing yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there'll be, there'll be prizes, live prizes, uh, and some kind of just some fun shit happening. As always, the, li the yeah. live streams are always fun. Yeah, interactions, movie reviews, spooky stories, and activities. A good Halloween f fun. If you come near my house with a Ouija board, I'm going to drop kick you out that fucking door. Look, I think the people need the people. Give the people what they want. No, they can do Ouija boards in their own house. They're not doing it in mine. So <laughs> that's a that's a genuine. Thing, cause I know you were trying to plan it. The Ouija boards not come in my it's, house. No, 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 no. Okay, man, I've got too much going on. I can't be dealing fighting ghosts as well. Uh, <laughs> so come and join in the live stream. You'll be able to do it through the Facebook group, even if you don't want to. 
do Facebook, just jump on, watch the live stream, you can jump back off. The audio will probably get released as an episode. Uh, I don't think there's any other way we can stream it because we don't have a YouTube channel and we don't actually have a Facebook page anymore, which yeah, we should have thought about this, Scott. Yeah, I know these are the kind of things you learn four, four years to nine. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, come over there, that'll be great, it'll be fun. Who knows what'll happen. We'll try to keep it about an hour and a half, but it'll probably result in like a six hour thing where one is will think we're dead. Mm. Like yes. The last times. This is how these things go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so catch us on there, or alternatively, the, the day after, where we'll be back with episode 113, which is my pick. So it's back to like the proper fucking five out of fives. We'll see. <laughs> see you guys. Bye. Thou shalt not steal if there is a direct victim. Thou shalt not worship pop idols or follow lost prophets. Thou shalt not take the names of Johnny Cash, Joe Strummer, Johnny Harmon, Desmond Decker, Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix or Sid Barrett in vain. Thou shalt not think any man over the age of 30 that plays of a child that is not their own is a paedophile. Some people are just nice. Thou shalt not read NME. Thou shalt not stop liking a band just because they've become popular. Thou shalt not question Stephen Fry. Thou shalt not judge a book by its cover. Thou shalt not judge Lethal Weapon by Danny Glover. Thou shalt not buy Coca-Cola products. Thou shalt not buy Nestle products. Thou shalt not go into the woods with your boyfriend's best friend. Take drugs and cheat on him. Thou shalt not fall in love so easily. Thou shalt not use poetry, art or music to get into girls' pants. Use it to get into their heads. Thou shalt not watch Hollyoaks. Thou shalt not attend an open mic and leave as soon as you've done your shitty little poem or song, you self-righteous prick. Thou shalt not return to the same club or bar, week in, week out, because you once saw a girl that you fancy, you're never going to fucking talk to anyway. Thou shalt not put musicians and recording eyes on ridiculous pedestals, no matter how great they are or were. The Beatles were just a band. Led Zeppelin? Just a band. The Beach Boys? Just a band. The Sex Pistols? Just a band. The Clash? Just a band, Crass, just a band, Minor Threat, just a band, The Cure, just a band, The Smiths, just a band, Nirvana, just a band, The Pixies, just a band, Oasis, just a band, Radiohead, just a band, Block Party, just a band, The Arctic Monkeys.